Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey back once again for another exciting episode of Real Music. In today's show, I've got the amazing guitarist Adrian Vandenberg. You might know him from Whitesnake and The Moon Kings, and he's got a brand new album with his band Vandenberg. We're going to talk about that and his career. Uh, super nice guy. I think you're going to enjoy this. So here we go. Here's Adrian Vandenberg. I think I talked to Joel Hoekstra about that from like a month ago. You friends with Joel? You've played yeah. with him a few times, huh? Yeah, um, I, know, I know Joel. Uh, we, we met a bunch of times when, uh, whenever Whitesnake is, um, is, is in a country, and I usually jam with them for a couple of songs. Awesome. So every time, when they used to be over here, of course, right now, they're not touring, and nobody right. knows exactly if there's anything going on at all, because, you know, no announcements. Um, but, uh, but yeah, great player, nice guy, so all is good. Awesome. Yeah, that's... I think I asked him about uh, them, you know, doing anything. He's like, you got to ask Dave. So it's all in Dave's yeah. hand. Uh, now, yeah, we're going to talk. You got a brand new album out with your band, yeah. uh, Vanderberg. That awesome stuff, man, by the way. Uh, so, but what are the advantages now of, you know, you have your own band. You had your own band before Whitesnake. You know, you get used to having your own band. What What's the differences in having your own band? And being in a band like Whitesnake, what's the differences? Well, Whitesnake, uh, as everybody knows, is David's band. And um, they had more lineups than uh, changes than people change their underwear in general. So <laughs> the band identity um, was usually David being the stable factor. Um, in my case, that's that's the that's the thing with Vandenberg. Um, the advantage is that... Um, I have all the uh, the artistic freedom with Whitesnake, as, as people know. When, when the whole thing exploded, um, people are expecting like a certain kind of direction or something. And and um, even though the direction that I've always made my music in, uh, all, uh, way before I joined Whitesnake, was very much along the lines that David also made his music, which is why we 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 were a great team. Uh, David mentioned a bunch of times in the beginning. Um, now, there's a couple of, of Vandenberg songs that could have been Whitesnake songs and the other way around. So mm. it worked really well for us. And, um, and it, yeah, we're, we're still in touch very regularly. And, yeah, you know, you never know if, 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 if we end up doing something somewhere in the future. I don't know. But in, in, in my case, I'm really busy, as you can imagine, with yeah. the new album, doing lots of interviews. We're going to start touring the States uh, in February, March, which is my first tour in the States since 1990. The oh, white snake, wow. the white snake wow. one with that's that's awesome. Yeah, I was I was watching that uh, on the concert of that time on uh, YouTube uh, recently, and uh, yeah, that has been a while, man. Uh, so, David, though, when you were with Vandenberg uh, back in the day, uh, he tried to get you uh, to join uh, the band uh, White Snake yeah. uh, a, a few times. Uh, so how, how come you, uh, decided not to for a while and then what got you finally, uh, in the band? Well, there were a couple of things. Um, first of all, every time we got in touch, I was recording a new Vandenberg album in Jimmy Page's studio. Um, in 1986, I got a phone call from, uh, John Kolodner, who was the A&R manager at Geffen Records at the time. And, um. And he said, uh, "Would you mind, you know, would you be interested to, to come to fly to LA and talk about the new Vandenberg contract?" And because I just got out of my contract with um, uh, 
with Atlantic Records. And I said, yeah, sure, you know. So I flew to LA and uh, when I got to his office, he said, well, I haven't been quite honest. Um, I actually have two propositions for you. Um, one is to um, to fire the rest of the, the lineup for Vandenberg. Uh, I already had to get rid of the original singer because he was a disaster to work with for everybody. And um, and, and then he wanted to form like a completely new lineup for Vandenberg with top class LA American musicians. And I said, well, this sounds interesting, but what is the second idea? And he said, well, I would really like you to join Whitesnake. So I said, well, that sounds familiar because, you know, it happened a couple of times, but this time the, the timing was right. And I said, well, please give me one or two days to think about it because, um, you know, they have decisions have to be made. And um, <clears throat> he said, well, while you're, while you're here, would you mind making a new guitar arrangement for Here I Go Again and play a Vandenberg style solo on it? He said, yeah, great, because I've been a fan of David's ever since he joined Deep Purple. And um, uh, I, the original version of Here I Go Again was already fantastic. You know, I heard it in England when we were touring with Vandenberg. So I was very excited and, and, and that's what I did. And then um, I quickly decided to, to join, you know, because uh, forming a new lineup for Vandenberg, I would never find find the singer uh, of David Coverdale's caliber, you know, so I thought might as well join. And well, that's uh, the rest of history, basically. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, and, and that had to be exciting for you, but you were probably kind of puzzled whenever it was told that he was getting rid of everybody and starting fresh, right? Did you kind of come in going, uh, you know, what's going on here? How, how did you find out that he was kind of doing a clean slate on the, the whole band? Well, I, I already knew um, for one or two weeks we were a duo, basically. Um, <laughs> till, uh, Rudy Sarzo and Tommy Aldrich were brought in and Vivian. And I, I knew um, Tommy already from when Vandenberg uh, was special guest to Ozzy Osbourne, uh, one of those tours. And um, I knew Rudy when Vandenberg started headlining. Uh, Quiet Riot was a support act uh, at a couple of um, um, California shows. So I knew them both. I thought it was really great. And um, I met Vivian a couple of times before that, but we didn't have a lot of time to talk at the time. But uh, we got together for the first time, actually recording the Still of the Night video. Awesome. So that was quite interesting, of course, as you can imagine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, we we were all excited because we all thought it was a great record. And um, and we decided, uh, you know, let's join and see what happens. And then the whole thing exploded. I mean, who, who could have known? I didn't know, because David right. was uh, was in debt when um, when um, I joined. He said, "Well, you know, I can't pay you anything." I said, "It's fine, you know, as long as we make great music, it, it, it's going to turn out fine." I didn't care. I've never been in this business for the music, so uh, or for the money. Sorry. I've always been in this business for the music because I made a great living before Vandenberg already as a, a graphic artist and as a painter. So I thought, you know, nobody's ever going to take those memories away from me. And if it stops one day, then I'll just go back to painting and uh, graphic designs. Sure. He, he must have had a lot of faith in you, I guess, during that time, like you said, with the uh, not having any money and, and just taking a chance, you know, just starting over. But getting you to, to come along, you know, he had to have faith in you. And I guess that's why you're still friends after all these years. Yeah. He really likes you. 
Yeah, we always got on great, and we spent a lot of social time together as well. Um, I lived at, at David's house um, a couple of times, sometimes. One of the times was almost a year when we were writing, and then we started recording, and then we started mixing and all the stuff. Uh, we, I ended up staying at, at David and Cindy's place for like about nine, ten months or something. I started calling calling myself a, a, a poltergeist because I didn't leave. I was... We had so much work to do, you know. So, and we had a great time. I, I cooked most of the evenings, and it was just uh, and and David and I used to watch movies and uh, in the evening or uh, play music, record music on cassettes and all the stuff, you know. Well, that's got to be a rare thing, though. To you know, and 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 no offense to David, but you know, he's gotten rid of a lot of people, you know. So he probably don't probably keep those close friends nearby. Like you, I mean, the musicians slash friends, I mean, it seems to me you would have to be uh, working together well musically and just a fun guy to be around. Otherwise, it wouldn't work yeah. out. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, you spend so much time together in the tour bus and, and being on the road, you know, that um, if, if there's, as, as the Dutch saying goes, if there's one rotten apple in the basket, then the, the whole vibe goes down the drain. So, yeah, and, and with David and me, you know, of course, there's a reason that um, we're still in touch. You know, we became really good friends. Sure. Um, and when you came aboard, all the guitar parts were already recorded. You only have you did the uh, solo for "Here I Go Again," right? So, yeah. How did that work out? Some of the rhythm rhythm parts, because um, John Colotne thought uh, that um, John Sykes play played too heavy. He said it, it it sounded like a metal band playing a country and western song. So he, he uh, Colonna wanted it to be radio friendly, as the, as he called it, which is the kind of style that I always did with Vandenberg, not intentionally, but that, that's what I do, you know. I, I like songs with a top and a tail and, and a certain vibe. And here we go again in those verses. It, it didn't really need those really heavy guitars. So I put like a little bit of a cleaner guitar on it. And and the heavy ones, of course, were needed in the, in the choruses. And I put uh, my signature style solo on it, which was great, you know. But when I, when we were recording those parts, <clears throat> I hadn't even decided yet whether I was going to um, join. But, you know, it only took one or two days. And I thought, man, I might as well join because got along great with David. The record was great. I knew, I, I, w I was, you know, sure we're going to do great stuff together. And we did, you know. Sure. Um and the solo itself, how how many takes did it take to get, to get that down right? Whenever about, you two, uh, about two or three takes. It went quickly. Um, there was not a lot of time, you know, uh, apparently. I mean, it, the, the album took about a year or a year and a half to record, but um, they you know, they, they wanted the stuff quickly done. And, and I like to work quickly in the studio because I usually prepare myself well. Uh, that time, I only had a chance to pre prepare the rhythm guitars because... I was in the back in, in the back of the studio with a cassette recorder, and I thought, oh, you know, like I had these clean little arpeggios that that felt nice. And the solo, I thought about it for a little bit, and I went into the recording room. I think I think we did we did two or three takes, and that was it. Awesome. Uh, and the video looked like you had a lot of fun making the video. How fun was it to make that? Yeah, it was because you know, uh, with Vandenberg, we never we didn't really make proper videos. I mean. The videos that we made, oh man, it's um, it's starting to uh, serious wind over here. It's getting dark quickly because the rain is oh, wow. coming down. Um, 
I'll put on some lights in a little, little bit. But um, yeah, um, it it was a quick thing and it, it felt good. I was in the back of the studio preparing myself for like a, like a half an hour or something. Went to the recording room and bam, that was it. Wow, awesome. Um, and I guess, but you guys gelled. I mean, you come on board, everybody's new. You're having a great time. I know it was fun to tour with that album. And that's, that was probably the biggest album up until that point, I guess, and since that point. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the fans everywhere were just, y'all were just, on fire, I guess, with all the fans back in the day, right? It was, it, yeah, it was really, really, the shows were amazing. The, the, uh, we, you know, we played, we started um, uh, as a special guest of Motley Crue, um, but it took a couple of weeks. Um, Motley Crue didn't like it, that, that within like, first of all, uh, Here Go Again and the album shot to number one, plus uh, Whitesnake was doing so much merchandise that uh, the, the crew didn't, uh, didn't weren't too happy about it apparently and we started headlining pretty quickly i think about uh, after about a month or something wow we, we we didn't even have enough songs to headline so uh there were one or two songs that, that we played um double and uh and uh, <laughs> like one or two of the encores we just jammed on on on, on tosh uh, like for instance from zz top you know the song yeah. tosh yeah it, it was exciting and and then during the sound checks we we you know we learned um some more songs Cool. That's awesome. Um, so uh, I know you had different people in the band to, to come and go. And I, and, I, and I know there are different controversies and things like that. I know that I think I read that you, you wanted to play guitar by yourself. Is that right? Instead of having two guitar players? Well, no, the, 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 I don't know where the myth came from, um, because I always knew that Whitesnake was a, um, a two guitar band. Um, I think that comes from um, uh, Vivian. Um, Vivian was not very happy camper in um, in Whitesnake, and and so that that was had a lot to do with the fact that David stopped working with Vivian. Uh, but the main reason was that Vivian's wife was a pain in the ass. So when um, to everybody, to the to to the sound guy, to the light guy, to to the management, to everything, it was getting really complicated. And um, uh, Vivian didn't didn't like it apparently that David couldn't find uh, the songs that, that, that Vivian suggested uh, David didn't think they were suitable for Whitesnake so in the end it didn't work out and um, I heard from 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 various fans at the time that Vivian thought that I had something to do with you know him uh, with David uh, not wanting to keep working with Vivian I had nothing to do with it I heard it from I heard it from the tour manager that uh, you know that that they sent uh, Vivian home. I didn't know. Wow. I thought I got along fine with Vivian. I didn't know. Wow. Oh, have you talked to him uh, since and 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 straightened everything out, or what's the? No, unfortunately not. I, I hope at some point I can because um, um, it, it's a long time ago, of course, you know. But but still, it it it, it kind of bothered me that, uh, that 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 he thought that I had anything to do with it. I, you know. Uh, because we ventilated that in 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 a, in a couple of interviews, apparently. But you know, I mean, time he heals all wounds. He he's got a great gig with uh, Def Leppard, so sure. I don't think he's complaining. You know, driving around his Ferraris. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but that you know, that's that is the sad part of entertainment and music industry. You know, and life, I guess, in general, you have different rumors and lies and things you can't really. Yeah. 
once it goes out there, it's kind of like if you wrote them all on a piece of paper and ripped it up and threw it out the window, you could never get those pieces back. You just yeah. got to let it kind of fix. You know what I'm saying? You just got to let yeah. it fix. Maybe one day, hey, man, I'm all about, you know, reconciliation and people getting along. Yeah, maybe I mean, one day you'll see him somewhere and you'd be like, you know, no hard feelings because oh, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, of course, man. You know, life is too short for for all those complications. And of course, you know, at the time there was a lot of pressure on 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 David and on the band and on the management because that record did incredibly well. So there was a lot of business pressure on it for, on on everybody. And I didn't really uh, feel it because uh, you know, like I said, all I, I want to do is make great music and um, and and see how it goes. You know, and uh, if, if if I don't like it, I'll go home. Right. That's how easy it is for me, you know, because I, I'm in the music for the music. Sure. Um, well, the next album, uh, Slip of the Tongue. Now, you were getting ready. You're excited because you're going to get to play the songs on this album and you're writing the music. And then you injured yourself and you couldn't play. Yeah. So I, how did I, that happen? Well, um, I, I didn't. Nobody knew at the time. I went uh, while everybody was waiting for me in the studio. I was... Um, seeing um, acupuncturists and physical therapists and everything. And nobody knew what it was. Only about four years later, and no, wait a minute, long, long, uh, much, more, much more later. This was in 1989. In 1999, I finally found out what, what was going on. And it was uh, in the beginning of the 80s, I was um, in a car crash. I got hit by a car from the rear. So I had a, um, a whiplash, but... You know, nobody knew what it was because after right. two weeks, the pain was gone and I started playing again. And then, but I, I suddenly remembered when a surgeon told me that it was resulting from a whiplash because he had uh, two neck hernias pressing against the nerve that, um, that, that, that steers the, um, the thumb and the index, index finger with which you, you hold your pick. Sure. Uh, and that became more and more difficult. And so when I was in the studio for a slip of a tongue, uh, one morning when I woke up, uh, suddenly my wrist didn't, felt strange. It felt like somebody was holding it, you know. And so I stayed for about a week. And then then I, I told David and, and the producer, I said, guys, I have to go home because I called up my dad. And my dad found a clinic that is specialized in treating musicians and, uh, and, and ballet people and dancers and all kind of people who have like, um, you know, like one particular motion that you do it all the time, like playing, you know? Right. <clears throat> so I got it kind of okay, just in time to, to do the tour with uh, Steve Vai, uh, who played the, uh, on the album, of course, like people know. Um, and then in 1999, I had a neck operation in the United States and they removed those hernias. Oh, wow. So um, the problem stayed a little bit, but these days, the last uh, couple of years, I, I play with, I use my nail, for my index finger and, and my middle finger as a pick. And I'm still working uh, on that uh, technique uh, and improving it as much as I can. Uh, so yeah, that, that changed, you know, but but I roll with the punches and, and when something gets in my way, I'll find a way around it, you know, like like this. Now I play yeah. with my nails, it works, it's fine, you know. <laughs> it's, sure. it's not as, as precise as it used to be because it's a different kind of motion. But it's precise enough for me to play what I what I hear in my head, so it's fine with me, you know. Well, I know that playing, which I play guitar, I always throw that in there just in case somebody cares 
<laughs> but uh, now, but I play guitar and I always drop the pick. So I was always like, I'm tired of losing picks and dropping picks. So I would play with my fingers and my fingernails. Yeah, and there got you go. used to that. So it kind of helps if you don't have a pick around. You got your finger, you know. So, yeah. uh, but it is a it is a certain sound though. I think there's a certain sound that it makes with your fingers as opposed. There's a brighter sound with a pick sound, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I use combination. I, I use my fingers and my nails. You know, you, you, you develop this kind of intuitive thing uh, when you when you want it to, to sound a little smoother you hit it with your with the, the flesh of your finger or your thumb and when you want some attack i, I use my nail because I, I got pretty long nails as you can see and they're really hard so i really lucked, lucked out with uh, my nails um yeah because i i use my thumbnail to cut out to cut open boxes from amazon or something you know <laughs> you're so, right slice it's so deadly weapons that. Uh, yeah, you find yourself in, in an alley or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that that's cool, though. I mean, I, I think uh, I'm glad that you got your uh, everything feeling back, though. Was it that had to be rough though for a while to to get used to that? I mean, until they fixed it, it, I guess. Yeah, it was very frustrating because you know, right, writing those songs with David and then um, not being able to play them, and um, people have been asking me for ages. Um, you know that, that they're so curious how the album would have sounded. I tell them, well, listen to the Sin album and listen to my 2020 album. That's how I had the sound in mind. You know how I wanted to put my guitar parts on uh, those albums. But you know it didn't happen, so it's okay. You know it, it, things happen for a reason, I suppose. And in my case, you know, I'm I'm a hardcore optimist, and I think, okay, you know, piece of bad luck, uh, but you just go on and and come up with different solutions and. I really enjoy my life, you know, so it's not something that's completely fucked up my life. It's just one of those, you know, blockades on the road and you, you find a way around it and you keep doing what you, what you love. But that is a good way to look at it, though. And to be an optimist and to be like that, it's probably what helped you keep going because everybody probably gets to a point in their life sometimes when everything seems to go wrong. Yeah. But at that point, you must have been telling yourself, hey, I'm going to keep doing this regardless because those things coming against you, you know, it's like like you just said, it's like you get excited uh, uh, to play on an album and it's like you don't get to do it. But yeah. what what motivates you, and as far, especially after all these years, what keeps you going and, and, and keeps you from having those rough spells like a lot of people these days get, those depression areas and things like that that people get? Yeah. I, I I think to my mom and my, my dad, you know, I'm, I'm a, like I said, I'm I'm always like a hardcore optimist, and I always think, you know, man, life life is a present, you know, and if if you're if you're lucky and you're healthy and and you have great friends and great family, that's the most important thing, and and music and and and, uh, and art have been the two most important passions of mine, next to cooking, but um, <laughs> so I'm just. I always feel really fortunate that, that that I've been able to make to make a living with with my passions, and no matter what happens, you know, I, I will always find a way to to deal with um, you know disappointments or whatever. I go, okay, shit, you know, bad luck. I'm gonna I'm gonna change um, change my approach and, and and find a way to um, to keep doing it. You know, I love writing songs. That's like one of my favorite things. So 
I can all, I, I would always be able to do that if I wouldn't have been able to to play again you know after that injury I would still be writing songs and and and, and making pizzas at home and making making paintings you know <laughs> there's always something to do that's right um well after uh white snake the initially the first time uh you uh you rejoined up uh with some of your former bandmates yeah and uh and formed a band so uh, tell me about that experience and why did you decide to do that and form that band well um in 90 i think it was 1993 david was going to do that the project with jimmy page and um and i didn't want to sit still you know so uh, rudy and tommy and i decided you know what let's put something together and um i wrote a bunch of songs and um um and we got uh ron young from little caesar um singing even though the songs were already ready because initially we started with james christian from the house of lords uh that that worked out a little strange you know he he wasn't a great fit on a personal level and and, and rudy and tommy and i get always get along fantastic so we decided to, to change singers and, and start working with ron young and it worked out great it's still one of the favorite my most favorite things i've ever done and um, i think it's a timeless blues rock album with and very spontaneous. We recorded it in, within two weeks, and um, and that was it, you know. So um, uh, we had a tour planned, and then suddenly David called up out of the blue, um, if I wanted to pick up uh, White Snake again. I thought, oh man, that's a really difficult decision, because <laughs> I loved the album that we recorded. But at the same time, I thought, man, you know, it, it, if I if I wouldn't uh, go back with David, then I would have been in that amazing period with Whitesnake, with all the success and, and all that stuff, but I would never have recorded on an album, you know? I wouldn't have played on an album because I wasn't able to in 1990. Right. So that's when we recorded, um, uh, first of all, we did a greatest hit, it's tour, and then David and I started writing music for the Restless Heart album. So, uh, and and after that, we, we released an acoustic album, Starkers in Tokyo. So, there's at least two Whitesnake albums that I play on from the whole period, so I'm really happy about it. And it's good. Did you, you know, did you look around whenever uh, you're recording that album and you're waiting for something like the sky to fall or something? Because the other times, and I'm just kidding. No, with with all the negativity, see that that's what I'm saying. It's like you finally got to record on a Whitesnake album. You know, you, yeah. Like I said, the roof didn't fall in. That's good though. That's I'm glad that uh that you got that experience. You know, and got it out of the way, but uh. Um, but that had to be fun during those years to to record with somebody like David Coverdale and those guys like Rudy and, and, and those guys. Yeah. Um, what makes a great band? What do you think makes a great band in your opinion? Uh, for me, it's an interesting question. I mean, for me, um, there has to be chemistry on a personal level and on a musical level. I mean, for me personally, I mean, there's so many bands. Uh, like, for instance, um, one of my favorite bands of all time, Cream with Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, and uh, Jack Bruce. Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce were always fighting, apparently. They made great albums, but they only lasted for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and the, that's the case with a lot of bands. You know, for me personally, it it, it determines my the quality of life. So I only want to be in, in a band where you get along great and you have a lot of fun together and you make great music. You know, that that's, for me, like really, really important. Uh, and musically, it has to be, it has to be, it, you have to be the musical chemistry in order to to 
make greater stuff than you would normally do if you just get along. It, it's basically like like a sports team, you know. Yeah. You can put together a couple of great players, but if there's not like a, a synergy between those guys, they don't play well, you know. They, they, they don't get everything out of that combination as you, as you can. And this, for me, it's the same in music. I want to have fun doing it. And if I'm with a couple of miserable bastards in the band, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be playing at my best, I suppose, you know, because you don't feel great. Right. Um, well, after like White Snake, I know you're there for a number of years and then you formed a band called Moon Kings. How was Moon Kings different than White Snake and Vandenberg? Well, it was quite different because um, um, I stayed uh, below the radar for about 10 years because I wanted to see my daughter grow, grow up who was with a, who lived with a mom because after when my daughter was three, the, uh, the uh, we weren't married, but the, the relationship fell apart. And I thought, man, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna tour now, then I'm gonna be one of those dads who sticks his head around the corner twice a year and I go, hi, I'm your dad, you know, but I gotta go. I didn't yeah. want to be a, like that, so I decided, you know what, I'm go I'm gonna quit touring for ten years and then I'll, I'm gonna pick it up when my daughter is nine, uh, like ten, eleven, or twelve. So I can explain to her what I actually do, you know. And um, so that's why I laid low. And then I started Moon Kings. Um, one second. I have to keep an eye on the time. What what time is it right now? What time is it? It's uh, it's noon, my time. It's it's uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, because seven your time? Yeah, seven my time. I have another interview coming up. So, um, oh, okay. At seven, unfortunately, but... Yeah, yeah, I put together Moon Kings to 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 keep it short. Um, uh, it was great. We had a really great time. But the vocalist um, has two big farm companies, and he couldn't be out of the country for for more than a day. And so I really started missing international touring, and that's actually the only reason why I put Moon Kings in the re refrigerator, so to speak, uh, and started Vandenberg again because now we're touring in internationally, and we're going to tour the states and and. and so it was a bit of a pity because we had a great time and a, and a serious chemistry on stage. It was really great. But Jan, the singer, is a great friend of mine. But who knows? Somewhere in the future, we might do something. You never know. Sure. Um, well, like you said, you got to go. But uh, the new album that you got called Sin, I know you're excited about that. How did you uh, end up doing this album and, and recording it? Uh, how did you get pumped up for this album? Yeah, I started writing songs in the COVID period and um, I thought, man, you know, we couldn't tour, so I might as well start writing again. And um, and and yeah, I, I finished those songs and we went into the studio, recorded it, and it's finally out. I'm really excited because um, uh, Bob, the producer, and I finished the mixing in uh, January. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't the right time for the record company to put it out, so... Um, I'm 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 really happy it's out now because it's been a couple of months, you know, since it's done. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really really excited about it. It's, it's it was everything I hoped when I heard it in my head. The way I heard it in my head when I was writing, it turned out the way I I hoped it was going to turn out. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it, and I can't wait to start touring with this material. But when we tour the states, um, we're going to do a lot of White Snake material in the sets because that's. Uh, most people know me in the States, you know, from my period with Whitesnake. 
Right. And of course, a couple of classic Vandenberg songs and a, and a couple of new songs from Sin and from the 2020 album. So, Right. And uh, the, the new music sounds great, though. And, and it sounds similar to White Snake, which I guess obviously yeah. for, for obvious reasons. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of music I've always made, you know, ever since I was 20 or earlier, ever since I was 16. You know, the purple, cream, free, Led Zeppelin, rainbow, you name it. You know, that's what the kind of music I've always made. Awesome. Well, I will Great let man. you go. I'll let you go. Uh, I know you're on a tight schedule there, but uh, yeah. like I said, great music. What I've heard so far is just mind blowing. And you're one of the top guitar players out there, man. I mean, I've always thought so. And I appreciate you talking to me. Thanks very much, man. I hope to see you on the road somewhere. And uh, Sure. I'll see you out there. Flying, flying the rock flag. Yes, sir. Sounds good, man. Take care, Thanks man. Thanks a lot. Take Thanks care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate you. If you'd like to hear more about Adrian and his music, head on over to VandenbergBand.com for more information. And until next time, everybody, always remember to keep the music real.